Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What happened at the Foxtel and SBS upfronts? What were the announcements? Who even is this? Why am I talking? This is TV Black Box. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello friends, it is Mulk on his lonesome this week because I was the one that was fortunate enough to get along to the upfronts and the others are just busy and that's totally fine. Rob is still away, a little bit sick with his voice, get well soon Rob. Uh, and Robbo and Abby have got the sheets with me because they didn't get an invite. Sorry friends, love you heaps. I'm going to be talking this week about two upfront events that I attended. First of all, I'll talk about the SBS upfront event for 2024 which has got some good content stuff. Plus, I have an interview with Catherine Fink, the Director of Television, and Artie Rhoda-Roberts, who is their elder in residence at SBS. Uh, And we talk about the calling to country that she particularly prepared for the SBS upfront, but also was responsible for putting together the nine calling to country upfront uh, event, just for a matter of interest. But first, let's talk about what the upfront event was for SBS. It was at Sydney Town Hall. And unlike the rest of the event's It was a lunchtime event. It was across the day, in the middle of the day, because they put on a lunch and it is always great. The food was amazing. Big, long tables. um, Incredible food. Just sort of sit wherever. As you'd expect, it's a TV event. It's a big screen uh, with a couple of little screens on either side that gave kind of like metadata, extra information about the people that were talking or the thing that was happening on the big screen, which I thought was a nice touch. It wasn't heaps of screens whole bunch of moving lights, which added to a little bit of the the color and those sorts of things. Uh, But it was, look, an hour and a nearly, yeah, hour and a half, 90 minutes of pretty packed announcements. Some businessy media stuff that I'll touch on that are not my strength. Uh, And then a couple of things that are particularly about the content that we'll talk about. But the first one, which was one that they snuck in and didn't really even talk about in their briefings ahead of time, and and sometimes the networks do run these pre-event briefings so that you can ask questions and prepare your stories and those sorts of things, and I was fortunate to get to this one for SBS. SBS have picked up the 2026 FIFA Men's World Cup, full exclusive rights to broadcast in Australia. Now, it is in Canada, the US and Mexico, Uh, So it is kind of a bit time inappropriate for us. You know, it'll be early mornings to the middle of the day for for the nighttime games and those sorts of things. So not as geographically or time sort of primetime beneficial as the Matildas games were. And the Socceroos are great, but they are not in the tippity top prime spots that the Matildas are. So there's a couple of differences for that. But 2026, who knows? Certainly big news. And of course, there's a whole bunch of soccer that happens on SBS football. Uh, But this was a big one, right? For them to get the full rights to the FIFA World Cup, 
is huge. So in 2026, the only place at this point to be able to see it will be on SBS and SBS On Demand. And, and of course, throughout the entire event, On Demand, SBS On Demand was a big focus of content access and those sorts of things. SBS is only partially government funded, which means that there is a number of media buyers in the room because they're obviously selling their proposition about why they would want you to advertise on SBS or NITV. And they they delivered some great stats about why, uh, who we are as far as the the network SBS uh, and all of those sorts of things. Uh, and definitely lent very heavily into the fact that Alone Australia was SBS's most successful commission, full stop, like to date in its near 50-year history. And that's no small feat. Like over a million viewers watched nearly every episode, I think, of that between live, linear broadcast, BVOD and on-demand catch-up. So huge. That was huge business. And they had Gina Chick, the winner, uh, wearing that, is she, by her own admission, manky smelling possum coat that she wore as a part of uh, her time uh, in the wilds of Tasmania. Talk about her experience. And, and of course, that, that was a big feature of their the content slate that they announced. Season two, of course, is coming. Of course, is coming. And it's going to be filmed in New Zealand, Aotearoa. And the interesting part about that is that because of where they're landing it and, and what it means... The, all of the participants will be able to hunt using a bow and arrow where they're holding it, the wilds that they're putting them, they're able to have a bow and arrow, which will help because it was all traps or fishing in Tasmania. And for them to have ostensibly a weapon to be able to capture and you would think defend themselves is going to be a pretty big benefit, hopefully. Um, it also will, will possibly mean that people hurt themselves. And in fact, part of the hook for a, a Alone Australia Season 2 was that the sizzle reel they showed us basically inferred that somebody gets hurt and calls out for help. And then there's this frantic producer sort of audio clip of they're not answering their sat phone and ooh, ominous sort of what that could look like. Alone Australia season two is going to come and that's a big part of it. Uh, And they'll also be running um, a companion podcast on SBS audio hosted by Gina Chick reflecting on the experiences of the Aloners, plus, of course, her great insight. So that if you're a fan of the Alone uh, Australia, particularly franchise, you'll be pretty happy about that. That's going to be massive as a part of SBS's um, 2024 slate. They delivered some sizzle about a couple of new dramas. One is called Four Years. It's a romance about a married couple uh, of Indian descent who are separated for four years and have to try to find their way back together. They're, they're pitching it in the same vein as normal people, uh, which was that great uh, Irish um, dr- book turned to drama series, but of course, India, Australia uh, in, in that situation. I think that looked pretty good for the little bit of sizzle. Where there was really nothing to see. I don't think they filmed it yet. And we did get to hear about Swift Street, their new Aussie drama coming from uh, writer-director Tig Terrera uh, that has uh, Tenzin Crawford and uh, Hollywood star C- Cliff Curtis as the daughter-father combo at the centre of Swift Street. Um, he has a huge debt that he owes and they are going to do all the crime that they can to pay that off. And it's not simple and, of course, it's not easy. It looks really good. It's filmed on location in and around where Tig actually grew up. I had a quick chance to speak with Tig uh, after the upfronts. A delightful young man and, and incredible to hear some of his story. And he's stoked that he said some of the scenes were filmed on his street where he grew up, near the primary school where he grew up. Um, so there's a lot of blood, sweat and life in this for him. And I think that that's what's going to make um, Swift Street really interesting. 
We know that the Handmaid's Tale final season is coming. They announced, I think, they might not, but the second season of uh, uh, US series Rogue Heroes is coming. They've picked up Paris Has Fallen, Sherlock and Daughter, and The Doll Factory. All of them are going to land across that. There's new um, documentaries, of course, as you would expect. There's one from um, uh, Mark Fennell coming. There's a new series uh, called The Hospital and Obdoc, The Hospital in the Deep End, looking at, at um, a, 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 honestly, underfunded public health system. Uh, that's going to be fronted by Melissa Leong of MasterChef fame, back where she started, Costa George Artis from Gardening Australia and the ABC, and Samuel Johnson. Uh, and the sizzle they showed us in that looked pretty amazing. Uh, yet to be filmed, Sean McAuliffe's Origin Os Odyssey, where he takes some of Australia's leading comedians to explore their cultural roots. So international travel, lots of good time for questions, getting places to where they maybe were years ago or, or those sorts of things. I think that's got great potential. No mention of the comedians signed up to that. And an interesting doco, uh, Ray Martin, The Last Goodbye. Statistically speaking, Ray Martin has four years of life left. Now, they went to great pains to suggest he should definitely outlive that, but statistics suggest he's only got four years and he wants to make sure that he goes out in a way that he wants to go. So it'll be interesting to see Ray Martin talking about the end of life in that regard. Uh, I think it's the 15th season of Who Do You Think You Are Australia is coming and they, they sizzle Pat Rafter, Wayne Blair and Miranda Otto as people who are joining in for that. Great Australian Walks comes back for season two, again fronted by Julia Zamiro, but now sharing it with Susie Youssef and Alone Australia winner Gina Chick. Uh, I spoke with Julia afterwards and she gushed, as she should, as executive producer and host, about Susie and Gina joining her and just said that it's going to be a heap of fun and delightful and they're wonderful people and they're great improvisers and that really worked well on the camera. So she's very keen for us to see all of that. There's another doco from Michael Mosley, um, Australia Uncovered, which was promised, season three I think it was, promised for this year has been pushed into next year. Um, NITV is going HD on the 5th of December, 23. So channel 34, which is where it's currently found, will flip over to HD on that date. And if you can't get HD, channel 36 will be NITV, um, standard def. If you wanted to get it, there's some couple of great commissions and well as returning stuff for there. Eddie's little homies, an animated series based on the popular book series by Eddie Betts. Uh, and that looked pretty fun. And what, looks to be an incredible documentary. It's called Journey Home, David Gulpalil, all about uh, the iconic Indigenous actor, uh, Storm Boy uh, and more, uh, actor David Gulpalil, um, uh, Yolnu man, and, and talking about his journey back to his homeland, ostensibly for him to pass away. Little Jane Big Cuz return, of, of course, all of the standard um, other products coming to... Um, NITV, Going Places with Ernie Dingo, Our Law returns as well. There's heaps of SBS food. The cook-up with Adam Lior returns. More of Stanley Tucci searching for Italy. Guillaume Brahimi's got two, uh, Plat de Tour and Guillaume's French Atlantic. Dan Hong's got a series. Sylvia Coloca returns. All of the cycling, all of the cycling is back on SBS. So all of that's pretty great. An interesting thing, two things that SBS dropped from just sort of corporate and business mode um, before I drop over to my conversation with Catherine and Auntie Rhoda Roberts. Um, one of them was that they are, I think it's like talk about in phases or, or scope, scope one, two, three, uh, scope one and two, already net zero emissions. 
and that they are pushing and that's a big focus for them. And they plan to be scope three net zero emissions by 2045. So scope three means every part of their business uh, pushing out into their their um, uh, the vendors who deal with them. So they can't take responsibility for that, but every part of SBS's business. And they're starting with some of the shows that they make and making sure that they are uh, carbon neutral, net zero. Um, and, and look, I think that's bold. That's a really big corporate citizen move to really actively engage. And it's not just like buying offset credit stuff. Like it's actively engaging in how can we make some of these productions, you know, um, carbon neutral. And it can be as simple as instead of going and buying new clothes, sourcing secondhand clothes that, that suit that are appropriate and, and work in that context uh, or stuff that might be otherwise discarded um, that is appropriate. And, and, and you know, ride sharing and, and EVs and all of those other things that you would expect, you know, utilizing um, sustainably sourced materials to build sets Stuff that you would think is simple, but with the largesse of television, sometimes can obviously uh, affect that. That's a huge move, and, and, and to have a date for their scope three, the biggest part of SBS's business, uh, move to net zero, I think really throws a challenge out to the other networks. And, and they can talk a big game about uh, wanting to do you know some sustainability and those sorts of things when you start to get serious in the net zero situation as corporate businesses and, and TV networks should be, um, that's where they need to land. Um, look, uh, the other thing that they talked about that I thought was interesting um, was that in this context, we know that when we tune into SBS On Demand or any of the catch-up services, there's ads, commercial situations, there's ads. Fine. What SBS are introducing for their SBS On Demand customers is the opportunity to opt out of alcohol advertising or sports bet advertising. And I thought that was a really interesting move for a corporate, you know, an entity that relies on advertising to say to advertisers who have all said we are on board with this. So that's an interesting move in and of itself um, to be able to step into it so that they can go, you know what, we are going to say if, Malk, for example, you want to opt out of um, sports bet advertising, Contact us uh, in the first iteration. I'm sure it'll become a lot easier. This contact us and we'll change your account so that you don't see those ads. Now, it's not perfect. By their own admission, they're, they're saying that in the first development of this, it'll be an 80% reduction or an 80% yeah, less chance of getting those kinds of ads. But you may still see one. One might slip through. For those people that have objections or don't want to see that content, that makes complete sense. The concern or the questions that I've raised that haven't totally been answered and I understand why is... If I make money from sports bet advertising people and where before they were, you know, ads were being served to 100 people and now they're only going to be served to 60 people, I'm not going to pay you as much money as I was paying you before. Uh, and that impacts your bottom line. Um, so, of course, it's going to be fine with, you know, the, the sports bet advertising people. We're paying you less money and we're going straight to customers that either want to see it or don't care and are happy to see it rather than going to people that are actively dismissing it. But it's that loss in, in, in possible income that is a question. I'm sure they have it all worked out. I'm sure they have a process. But it was just one of those questions. I went, mm, that'll be an interesting conversation to have when you are the salesperson that has those accounts. Mm. Anyhow, um, it, it was a big slate. Um, again, we lean on, well, I assume the ABC when we get there. And... Um, uh, of course, SBS and Foxtel that we'll talk about in a second for our primary source of Australian drama. That's 
both a disappointment and a reality. And I'm a little bit surprised that there's not as much Australian drama from SBS this time, only two um, in uh, Swift Street and four years. Now, of course, they will likely um, sell us more or, or pitch more for 24 when we get there. But just amazing that everybody's budgets are tightening. Everybody's belts are tightening and that's affecting straight away the Aussie drama content. Anyway, it was beautiful. It's always a lovely event. Great chance to speak to um, a whole bunch of the talent um, uh, on SBS, of course, and to say hi to them and, and, and hear about how they're progressing and what's happening for them and um, it, the new stuff that they're, of course, excited about, which is part of the benefit of going to these things, to be able to ask those questions and, and hear what they're saying and see their faces when they say it. Uh, I was very pleased um, to be on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation and to speak with the director of television, Catherine Fink, and Auntie Rhoda Roberts, who is the Indigenous elder, sorry, Auntie Rhoda Roberts AO, the Indigenous elder in residence for SBS, and to ask them some questions. Catherine, of course, about um, the, uh, what do you call it? Sorry, Catherine, of course, about the slate and the content and the stuff that they're excited about, and, and of course, Auntie Rhoda to talk about um, the calling to country, which was a big part, well, an important part, but also a big part of SBS's um, opening and just that broader idea and, and, and her history, in fact, with SBS. We had a really great conversation. It's a short one. We'll drop it in here. And uh, when we come back, I will talk to you about the Foxtel event. So over to you, Malk. Thanks, Malk. Uh, we are at the SBS Upfronts, and I'm with Arnie Rhoda and Catherine Fink, two of the big, big, big wigs at SBS. Uh, Catherine Fink, first of all, a huge slate for SBS. Again, really heavy on the drama, and particularly some Aussie drama. Swift, Swift, Swift Street looks really great. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're really excited with the lineup this year. Generally, we've, I think we've got a really rich slate that is truly representative of contemporary Australia. Swift Street, brought to us by creator Tig Terrera, a new creative, just absolutely brilliant and a wonderfully rich, diverse cast. Um, we have uh, just Cliff Curtis together with Tanzan Crawford uh, and they play this just fantastic father-daughter duo, yeah. brilliant chemistry. It's going to be fast, dynamic, really beautifully cinematic and we're really excited to be able to bring it to the Australian market. And the amazing thing always with SBS when we talk about the content, it's not just drama, though we do get that heavily. We get good Aussie documentary, good food content. Like, it's a broad, glorious mix. We also get to throw in uh, Eddie's Little Heroes, an animation based on Eddie Betts' work that'll pop up on NITV, I believe. That looks great and new for SBS. Yeah, look, we love what we do because we get to work across really every every sort of genre and um, again we're able to do some really richly diverse content from creators from all across the country from all sorts of diverse backgrounds we speak to um, all Australia contemporary Australia multilingual first nations content I mean we have a really rich 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 lineup we're excited about our unscripted shows yes, we've yeah. got Alone Season 2 returning, oh, which we're very excited a about. huge success for Season 1. Yeah, absolutely brilliant success, bringing that one back. And this time we're going to New Zealand. We've got Gina Chick, who's yep. the um, winner from Season 1, is going to be doing a podcast, which we're really excited about. 
We've got some great unscripted that talk, you know, create national conversation around important social issues. The hospital in the deep end, which is going to be brilliant looking into the Australian public health system um, with Melissa Leong, Costa Georgiades and Samuel Johnson. Um, Just, just, we're very excited about the whole lineup. And Safe Home, amazing Australian drama this year that was promised last year. That was phenomenal. And then layer in the, the strategic partnerships with overseas content, things like the final season of Handmaid's Tale is coming, of course, exclusively to SBS. We'll get another season of Fargo. I know, it's incredible, isn't it? I have been hanging out for those two. Both of them. And the second season of Rogue Heroes, which also just did absolutely brilliantly last year. So it it is almost a a benefit of riches, what we're going to see on SBS and all those channels. And I hear you've got a little bit of a soccer game coming. We got a little bit of a soccer game coming. We've just announced that uh, we will be the exclusive broadcaster for the FIFA World Cup 2026. That's amazing, amazing. So soccer comes back, air quotes, to SBS comes back. It's well, been it's there for a long been time. there. That's 40 right. plus years of, uh, of soccer on SBS. and uh, Not right now, thank you. That's all right. We're just seeing amazing cheese board go past us. Welcome to SBS. <laughs> yeah, we're very excited to, to be able to announce that today live. And I think the reaction from everybody here speaks, speaks you know, of yeah. how excited everybody is. To, well, Canada, to Mexico, America, it's not bad, is it? It is going to be very exciting. Awesome. Very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Auntie, uh, yes. now your responsibility within SBS is your elder in residence, yes? Yes, and that can mean many different things. Your whole bed. But it's really, I guess, about communication, community engagement, working with our departments, looking at the way that we can embed across the yes. network. As you see, we're actually achieving and yeah. doing it very, very well. Um, and FIFA, well. Wow. Well, you know, I actually, watching FIFA this year mm. and seeing the shift in the demographics, but also the audiences watching the women's. Yes finals was extraordinary. It opened up a whole new world for everyone about women's sport, but in particular football. So Canada, Mexico and America, I'll be there in Florida in 26. Amazing. I look forward to it. Your responsibility within SBS is, of course, to keep us connected to country and to the, the many nations that make up our great country. As part of what we saw, even just to kick off today, I'm, I'm familiar with an acknowledgement of country and a welcome to country, but what we got was a calling country. Can you explain to me what that means? Yes. Um, look, yes, that role at SBS can be many things. Yes. It's really about bringing some uh, uh, unpacking and deeper level of knowledge, engagement, um, making sure our staff, all our staff, mm. have an awareness and so forth. But um, I coined the term welcome to country mm-hmm. back in the 80s where, you know, we'd always done it as yeah. protocol, yes. but I went, oh, this could be something the arts community and, and culture would really open up. I was running a theatre company, so we decided to open it up yes. with welcome to countries. Yep. And so we started to see more growth of that. but. Sadly, it became very tokenistic. So a number of years ago, we looked at major events and I suggested that instead of doing welcomes, we do a calling country because we used to call to announce. Language revitalization is something that's really important. And of course that gives the opportunity for young people to relearn their languages. 
and also the song line. So there's a lot of strategy behind it. But we wanted to do something special for SBS. Yeah. And in the past, we've actually had calling countries where we get all the blackfellas out of the way. Sure. And then we bring in all our colleagues. Yeah from the various sectors of the world. Yeah. Because they're still speaking their language and so forth. We just didn't have enough time today. Because um, we wanted to take the party and start the party today. And I yeah. think that's really important is, it's just those little sensibilities. Yeah. Who would have thought a calling country actually shifts and works within the whole way that we focus on SBS yeah, yeah. and amazing. NITV. You know, it's this yeah. absolute, um, family. Well, and and we saw that reflected yeah. in, in the, the calling this morning, didn't yes, we? Yes, and that's exactly what it is. And, you know, when you're sung and you're called, it, it's quite special. And it shows that on the east coast of Australia, yep. that culture is just as valuable and language contains the same knowledge yep. for sustainability, environmental care as it does in the centre of Australia. Yeah. I'm fortunate in my day job that I get to get around a bit, particularly up and down the east coast, and my language is limited. I will absolutely acknowledge that. I did pick up some of the places, some of the yes. countries that were mentioned in some of the welcomes, where people were from and, and what that you know talks about for them. Uh, I live on the land of the Darkenjung mob up on the oh, central coast. Oh, yeah, can't um, that, but anyway, it's a good country. It does all right. Not as good as Bunjalung country. No, I hear that. <laughs> it's, it's certainly not as warm, but that, that's no. beside the point. Um, I just see it as so important for us as a nation to engage in this together, yes? I think so, and it's just so wonderful for us when we hear people say, oh, I live on Darkenjung land. Yeah. You know, Shane Howard was one of the first artists who actually yeah. started doing it and he would say where he grew up what land it was who the people were and he sort of almost set this wave in motion yes but it also fits into the whole sustainable sustainability of when we're taking things on the road yeah that that safety the work we're doing also engages the local community yeah yeah, yeah. so it all you know it all it's like a domino effect yep it all adds up doesn't yeah. it yeah the benefit of people coming together hearing yeah. and understanding each other's stories knowing that in this nation we're a part of a history of storytelling Absolutely. that's so important and i think we sometimes like we're really proud of what we do at sbs and nitv sure. yeah but being the old person i am please 23 24 oh yeah absolutely on, it's the yeah. brown hair dye yeah um when I go back to considering that I was the first Aboriginal to host a primetime current affairs program mm. in the 80s, that was SBS. Yes. It was a multilingual current affairs program. Extraordinary. It doesn't even exist today, actually. Do you know? Like, yeah. And I look back at the radio work that was done those years prior to yes. the network being yeah. set up and the shows that we had back then were really avant-garde, but really ahead of their time. Yeah. We were just doing it because that's what we did. Right, yeah. And we've got that legacy with SBS, but we've just gone out. You know, when we first started, people would say, huh, why do we need a channel like that? And I won't use the derogative word, no, yes. but there was a play called Wogs Out of Work, you know. Why do we need that? 
now look at us now. So much so mob the on television. Visionary, yeah, yeah. forward thinking of those earlier management and board. Yeah. Holy hell, we actually I think we're the only in the world. You'd be close. I think so. We're the only type of network yeah. that's focused on Indigenous and multicultural in the same realm yeah. with a, that particular yeah. focus. And yet now we've got wonderful collaborations and relationships with people like Ten Play at Network 10 yes. with First Inventors. Yeah. Who would have thought? So great. Great programming. So great. Auntie, thank you yeah. so much for your involvement. You're a gift to the nation. Oh, God. And we're so glad that you get to land at SBS. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Back to you, Malk. Thanks, Malk. Sounds like you had a great time. I know I did. It's what a stupid premise that I'm maintaining this. Blech. Anyway, um, Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday night last week, I got to go to the Foxtel event, which was held at Cockatoo Island in the middle of Sydney Harbour. We all had to be ferried over there. It was a feral night. Wet, rainy, stormy, cold. You know, off the back of a 31-degree day a couple of days before, it was like 17 degrees. Ugh. It was It was yuck, but we had a great time. We're inside one of the big turbine sheds that, as it turned out, used to be uh, a prison. And for those who know a little bit about their um, uh, history in Australia, particularly around bush rangers, there was a gentleman who was incarcerated there whose Indigenous wife swam over from Balmain, where, what is now Balmain, um, and left him some stuff to be able to get out of his shackles and get out of his, his cell. Uh, and he swam, got out, swam across and took off into the night and settled up in the area around Armadale, the New England, and became Captain Thunderbolt. I mean, who would have thought? Anyway, that's just a little bit of history in the middle of it. Um, Foxtel also put on a massive show. They, they of course, had to ferry everybody across over there, but it was lovely, big photo wall. There was a fair amount of talent there. Uh, of course, a big focus on sport and light entertainment and drama. Um, there was some corporate conversation, of course, about what you know Foxtel are doing and, and how great their data proposition is and why people would want to advertise on them and those sorts of things. Uh, KO and Binge very much at the front of everything around their content con- uh, conversations. Um, and, of course, Binge, I think, I can't remember, I think it's out now, you can get an, an ad-included cheaper version of Binge. Um, so of course there's advertising on binge now, should you subscribe to that option? Um, it was, you know, hors d'oeuvres and stuff and welcome. And that was all lovely. Great conversations before all of that, a big show hosted by the backside of televisions, Mitch McTaggart. And he was really entertaining. Not everybody got all of his jokes. I thought he was freaking hilarious. It was really, really funny. Uh, it was great to catch up with him afterwards and have, have some conversation about it and hear the first drafts of some of what he pitched and how what we saw was definitely not the first draft. Um, there was a really funny sketch where he interviewed himself where the other character was Foxtel executive uh, and, you know, Mitch playing the the idiot, not really understanding what's going on, but it was, it was pretty great. It was very funny. Good presentation. Again, about 90 minutes. It was pretty full and then kicked off into the party. We heard from literally everybody at Foxtel. Um, our old friend Alison Herbert Burns, HB, talked, of course, about Binge. Um, we got to hear from uh, Patrick Delaney, of course, the, the big, big, big boss of Foxtel. Amanda Lang, the Chief Content Commercial Officer for Foxtel and, and Binge, talked about some of the content. So heaps of people talked about all of the things. We got a performance from the upcoming drama series Mixtape, 
uh, 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 had a live band. It was amazing. Like, it was actually really great. Not, and they did play on and play off music. It wasn't, you know, pre-tape, let's press MP3 play. A live band did the stings. It was really fun. Made for a great um, sort of experience. The key thing is that most of their um, commissions were all announced as binge commissions and not Foxtel commissions. And I thought that was just an interesting thing. It will still all land on Foxtel, both I would expect on, on Showcase as well as on demand, of course. But that binge was the primary home for all of these. And I thought that was a bit telling around where they're positioning binge uh, in the whole market. The big things are, of course, their first film that they have commissioned, first feature film, How to Make Gravy, an adaptation of Paul Kelly's iconic Australian Christmas song. Yes, friends, we will get to find out what he did as to why he ended up in prison. So um, Hugo Weaving, Daniel Henshaw, um, uh, Brendan Thwaites, Damon Herriman, Kate Mulvaney, a huge list with cameos from people like Adam Briggs, Dallas Woods. It's going to be huge. It's being adapted by Nick Waterman, who's also directing, and Megan Washington, now Meg Washington. Um, And I think that's really incredible. I think they'll do a great job of that. So that's How to Make Gravy. Um, I don't believe for this year. I believe it is for 24, but keep an eye out for that. Um, The Last Anniversary, uh, an adaptation of the novel by Leanne Moriarty. Of course, that's been announced already. Nicole Kidman, John Paulson already attached to that uh, and initiating that. So that's big. We know that um, Strife, the six-part series based on the semi-biographical book by uh, Mia Friedman, Work Strife Balance. Um, Strife is about a female self-publisher who starts up her own thing and comedy. Uh, well, you know, life ensues, frankly. Starring Asha Ketty, eight episodes all at once. That's coming on the 6th of December for Strife. New stuff. We know that the 12th season two is coming, being filmed or has been filmed in Perth. Um, High Country, an eight-part mystery thriller starring, among others, Leah Purcell, Aaron Pedersen, Sarah Wiseman and Ian McElhenney. Amazing. Like, seriously, the cast in that is incredible. We know that season two for Colin from Accounts, the Logie-winning Colin from Accounts, from the uh, great brains uh, of Patrick Bramall uh, and Harriet Dyer. We're going to see more of those two, and that'll be phenomenal. Uh, Mixtape, as I mentioned, a four-part miniseries um, adapted from the novel of the same name. Uh, Billion Dollar Playground, the docu-soap reality series about rich people in Sydney. <laughs> There'll be people that are property owners, I guess. Um and that's the Australian content. That's a pretty big list of stuff that is being made in Australia, certainly bigger than SBS's, but they've thrown a lot of money at that from Foxtel. Um, True Detective Night Country is coming in January the 15th. Uh, we've got Bookie from Chuck Laurie and Charlie Sheen, two people who swore they would never work together. Mm, let's see how that goes. Uh, the Sympathizer, The Regime, uh, a, a series called Ted with the same premise of the Seth MacFarlane films but a TV series, The Incredible, uh, I think it's BBC series, Vigil, season two of that, starring Saran Jones and Rose Leslie is coming back. That's going to be must-watch television. The first series of Vigil was incredible. Um, Apples Never Fall, another of Leanne Moriarty's novels uh, being uh, made uh, by Foxtel, uh, sorry, being made available to Foxtel and Binge customers, starring Sam Neill and Annette Benning. A Feud, Capote versus The Swans, starring Naomi Watts, Demi Moore and Molly Ringwald, produced by Ryan Murphy. Friends, you know what to expect. 
Um, WWE, more selling houses Australia, Gogglebox Australia, Celebrity Gogglebox Australia. Mm. There was a really nice moment um, where HB announced that, of course, Great Australian Bake Off is coming back with Rachel Koo and Darren Purchase and Natalie Tran. They paid a wonderful tribute to, to Cal Wilson, who has passed recently. That's very sad. And, of course, this will be her last work, not unlike the, the, the jock moment. Now, sadly, Cal has passed not of her you know, own choice, just in a similar way. This will live on as a wonderful tribute to the glorious person that Cal Wilson was. Um, so that was sad, but wonderful that they acknowledged her in a, in a gentle and caring way. There's a ton of sport and all about KO Sports and Foxtel. Of course, everything of everything and everything, and they made sure that we knew that every game of the AFL and NRL except the finals will be available to you on KO and on Foxtel to watch anytime you want and certainly live. Um, so huge. They were big into all of that, and that was really important. The two big other businessy things that Foxtel jumped up and down about. One was that they basically said, we're breaking up with Oztam. Foxtel acknowledge that um, there's been some data worries about what's being fed to Oztam and how that looks, and they feel that they're not getting the correct end of the deal. So to that regard, um, what they're going to do is leverage the fact they've got over a million customers with IQs in their house and a whole bunch of subscribers on Binge and KO, so their proprietary content that they can collect all of the data on who uses what and make that available to their advertisers, um, which I thought was both smart and put into a lot of perspective that at seven and nines that I heard, and I believe at tens in the same regard, the the, the Think TV um, line was that, no, no we, we need to stick with Oztam. If we start to mess with the data set and who gets what from where, chaos will ensue. That's, that's the alternate line. Foxtel are like, we just want to come up with a better situation and a better way to measure it that gives you a full picture because their business, like everyone else's business now, is both, you know, antenna and digital. So they want to be able to give you the full picture on what that looks like, not just here's the overnight, so here's the, you know, that sort of thing. And certainly we're not really seeing that come through um, front and centre in Voz um, and we're not really seeing it in, in even the total TV stuff. So... I think that for Foxtel, it makes a lot of sense. There's going to be some big feathers ruffled in the industry about this. They've basically said don't expect any full real data until late 24, early 25. But, you know, that's that's a huge a huge situation for Foxtel and certainly there'll be way more. That is a big pin it on the wall more to come situation. The other thing, and this was almost like the, oh, wait, uh, just before we go, one more thing, Steve Jobs moment. Patrick Delaney got up and announced that Project Magneto that they have been pushing for five, six, five years at least is now known as Hubble, H-U-B-B-L. And this is both a uh, puck plug-in box situation as well as what they call Hubble Glass. So a, a big screen TV with a soundbar built in and the puck built into it as well. The whole premise of this uh, they're calling it TV and streaming made easy. Uh, I saw in Tim Burrow's excellent unmade reflection on this. Did Foxtel just remake the fetch box? Um, mm, that, that's a fair question, Tim. Um, look, they're, they're certainly very keen, this is Foxtel, to make sure that we know that Hubble is its own thing. It is purpose-built 
uh, off the back of what, of course, happening for Sky in the UK, and, and it has a similar product. This is a whole new thing, though. They basically said that it's been built from the ground up to promote and to make sure that we have access to all sport apps and channels, so not just Binge, KO, and Foxtel. They had the logos from everybody from a catch-up perspective on this, the screen that they were selling, and it's certainly on the, the TV Black Box website for the article on Hubble. Um, so ostensibly, I guess what they're saying is you turn it on and sign into all your apps and you can search for everything and it's just all on your big screen TV. You don't have to worry about anything. Now, I would imagine, haven't seen it. This is the other thing. Of course, I said, when can I see it? And the answer was, we're not showing anyone yet. So they've announced it. They have shown us pictures and that's it. I have been assured that I will get to see it and hopefully touch and play with it because I think the user experience is going to be critical to this uh, because what they've made is a smart TV. Now, in a market where there's lots of smart TVs, another smart TV that has apps that I can sign into and access all of my things again as well, I get that it's it's much bigger sell. They're saying that their software We'll do what the IQ does, and that is allow you, once you sign in, it will search through all your things. So I want to see uh, a television show with Daniel Craig, and it'll bring up all of the things that Daniel Craig's on, all of the services, and you just click and off you go, um, which I know other things do, right? Don't get me wrong here. The best equivalence I could offer you that it's like an Apple TV, but it's an Apple TV built into a TV, except that it's not proprietary Apple, it's proprietary Foxtel Um Without touching, seeing, smelling, having a go, the Hubble Hub, which is the puck device, or Hubble Glass, which is the television device, uh, with the, the Hubble Hub built into it, that's, that's the situation for Foxtel. And great that it's finally got market-ready-ish. It's not ready. They didn't announce anything other than it's called this and this is what it looks like. Um, but what we can expect is that we're going to see a whole lot more of, and hear a whole lot more of what Hubble is about. Um, the note at the bottom of the report says, more information will be shared in the coming months on app partners, hardware and product specs, retail partners, pricing and on-sale date. Basically everything else. It exists and we're not telling you anything else and everything else will be told to you later. Hubble, something that is far off in the distance and looks like a spec. Um, I, I am keen to see it. I'm keen to tell the story. I'm keen to know Hubble's point of difference from an experience point of view. Like, how does it replace my Apple TV or my fetch box or the IQ? I mean, obviously, it's a built-in situation, but if I don't buy Hubble Glass, what's the difference between an IQ connected to my NBN connection rather than satellite, so on and so forth? Um, so, some, again, some interesting corporate and, and, and sort of bigger media industry stuff coming out of the Foxtel upfronts. Uh, and that was great and helpful. And it shows that they're willing to take some big swings. And that's for SBS and for 10 and for Foxtel to, to take some big swings. We need more of that in the industry. The big plus for Foxtel is they're not just taking big swings, they're laying big dollars down. And that's really key for the health of and the ongoing development of the Australian television industry. And I don't just mean the programs you watch, but all of the people that are dependent on to make the programs. Um, if we don't encourage that and help prioritize that, we won't have any programs. So I think it's an important move from Foxtel to do that. Same with SBS. 
uh, bring it on, quite frankly. And, and I'm really keen to, 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 again, see it, see the content, touch and feel this bloody Hubble Glass thing and talk about it and know what they, they want to do with it and definitely know what is going to be the, the broader pickup or benefit of Foxtel's own data service that they're going to be offering from a ratings perspective. Um, they have got good partners that they're looking at using to deliver. It's not going to be Foxtel telling us 11 people watched it. It'll, it'll be sort of independently verified uh, and run for them. The catch is it's not a panel. It's just all their users. So that in itself is a pretty amazing um, proposition because that is nothing that the free-to-air networks can offer. They can offer you their, their catch-up service data to bundle in, but they still rely on the Oztem panel, which is 4,500 households nationally. Um, that's not like Fox always say, every one of our customers will give us the indication of what they're watching and for how long and those sorts of things. Curiously absent. Apart from, uh, you know, True Detective uh, as a HBO offering, the words, sorry, the letters HBO were not actively mentioned in the press releases or from the stage. Now, we know that um, Mr. HBO, Max Guy, said that, you know, we're going to be expanding into other parts of the world. And if I please, as far as I recall it, he did make noises about 2025 HBO Max launches in Australia. Conveniently, Foxtel and HBO's deal runs out in 2024. Now, I mean, someone who is more of a conspiracy theorist might suggest that Foxtel will be scrambling to make sure that they maintain that relationship and, and sign that deal without looking desperate. They need to be. Like there's a whole bunch of premium drama that comes out of um, HBO and that relationship for them, particularly feeding Binge, that they, oh, they... It's not that they can't afford to lose it. It's just that all of a sudden, if I have to choose between Binge and HBO, it, it, you know, generically me, have to choose between those two streaming partners streaming services to subscribe to. I mean, it's another 15 bucks, mate. And at a time when rents are going up and everything's going up, another 15 bucks a month becomes a real question for people. And having all of that content, being the home of HBO in Australia, has been a big part of Foxtel's drama entertainment proposition. And one that I would say to you as a consumer, they can't afford to lose. It, it would cut a big hole in their library and certainly new content would cut a big hole in their library as well. Now, sure, HBO slash Max haven't delivered anything really big in the last 12 months. I mean, House of the Dragon has been good, but I mean, I'm sure there's a, you're now yelling at me, oh, but Mulk, this series that I've now completely forgotten about, um, but not like they used to. It hasn't been just heaps and heaps and heaps. Bits of things, stuffs, um, and that's that's fine. I like the fact that in Australia I can get my HBO content on Foxtel. And, and I, look, I know that people are morally opposed to giving Rupert Murdoch another ivory back scratcher. Fine, I get it. Don't subscribe. Get your HBO, whatever you need. Get your Max. Do the thing. Of course, Max will get subscribers if slash when it launches in Australia. There is no question. My question is at the cost of who and what. And the direct answer outcome of that is at the cost of Australian content because there's still talk. There's no government legislation about making overseas streamers actively engage and create Australian content. And of course, Max would want to, I would think, 
to endear themselves to the Australian population. They may even look to, to binge and Foxtel and go, well, we'll license your gear or, or that sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's a big open-ended question that, again, will be another pin it on the wall. Watch this space for 2024. Where does the HBO Foxtel deal end up? What does that look like? Um, and where are we going to be watching those things in 2025? I don't know. Curious, spurious, who even knows what I'm talking about? Friends, I hope you've enjoyed this wander through my um, synapses as I've discussed the SBS Upfronts and the uh, Foxtel Upfront event for 2024. They were both fun events. They really were. And it was great to be there and to talk to Tim and to, to see people like David Knox and, 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 and other people in the industry as far as doing that, Amanda Mead, um, you know, and, and of course to, to have a chat with some of the, um, the stars of the shows. I had a great chat with uh, some of the Real Housewives of Sydney, fans of my other podcast, The, Real ha- the Unreal Housewives with Nick and Malk. Um, we'll know that we're obsessing over The Real Housewives of Sydney Season 2. It was great to ask them some questions and a little bit of sizzle just for y'all. I'm going to be interviewing at least one of them. Uh, Nick and I will be interviewing them for the podcast in the coming weeks. That's really good news. So that's, that's the cut and thrust of the upfronts. Now, it is traditional that we have the binge box at the end of every episode. And because I'm the only one here, guess what, friends? I'm going to talk to you about four shows. And there is not a thing other than editing this whole section out that they can do about it. Whatever. Um, I'm going to talk about four shows. I'm not going to talk about them long. Funnily enough, three of them are from Stan uh, and one of them is from Prime Video. Sorry, everybody else. Um, Up, mock and down, mock. A whole bunch of other things, but let's go quick. Uh, American Auto, this is the series that has now been cancelled. It was a Peacock uh, NBC show in the States. The reason I watched it is because Colin from Accounts, creator and performer Harriet Dyer was in it, and I thought it was really funny. It was about uh, a Detroit car manufacturing company, and think, uh, you know, it's a, it's a sitcom. Funny, situational, situa- very funny stuff, actually. I really quite enjoyed it. Um, Two seasons, 23 episodes all up, cancelled basically as an outcome of the writer's strike. Watch it, don't watch it. I commend it to you. Uh, Big up Mulk for American Auto, both seasons, the full series on Stan. The final season of Billions wrapped up Saturday past on Stan. I've loved this series. It did meander through a couple of seasons recently, but I thought this final season, season seven, um, they really smashed it. And bringing back Damian Lewis uh, as Axe to, to go toe-to-toe with um, Corey. Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, I can't remember his bloody acting name, like the, the character he played. The guy. Um, to see them go toe-to-toe one time, final time and to have Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti spinning around them as, you know, as District Attorney Chuck Rhodes. They are three big players. Maggie Schiff as well. I mean phenomenal cast, really just the last episode, there were bits of it that I felt phoned in, but really brutal. Uh, and no spoilers because I know Rob would kill me. I liked it, but there were a couple of things that I thought, really? Really? Uh, I'm not rich enough to understand. Billions, a big up mob. Check it out. All seven seasons on stand right now. Uh, for, uh, this Friday, or last, last Friday, I think, uh, season two of animated series Invincible premiered on Prime Video, and boy, does it slow down for really good reasons. There's lots of great character development. Um, it is 
sharp and dark and picks up directly where season one of Invincible left off. And uh, the just this whole premise of superheroes and what that looks like and, you know, uh, having uh, multiple universes at play, multiverses, but done in a really good, subtle way. I thought that was really good. Um, Invincible season two is available now. It's four episodes now, four episodes next year. That's a writer's strike hangover. Um, check it out. Invincible. Really liked it. Really good. The big one that I want to talk to you about, it's coming on the 16th of November to Stan, their four-part original drama series, Scrublands, based on the drama, the book of the same name. It's a ripper, friends. Luke Arnold stars, and there is a just list of great Aussie actors, including people like Genevieve Morris, Adam Zwa, um, a whole bunch of people line up in this. The basic premise is the local priest after mass one morning uh, massacres five people in the car park outside, in this very remote country town outside the church, and then uh, suicides by cop. Um, so there's big, of course, trauma in the community, and this this journalist, played by Luke Arnold, turns up a year later. How's the town going a year later? Are they managing? How are they coping? And look, it is bleak. This little middle-of-nowhere middle town is struggling. Um, and, of course, everyone hates journos because all the journos turned up and made a big deal out of the, you know, psycho killer priest and then bug it off. Uh, and there were, of course, illusions that, you know, the reason why the priest did it is because he'd been, you know... Um, accused of pedophilic actions with a couple of the town's boys and those sorts of things. So horrible, horrible stuff being suggested around the whole process. And and as the journalist starts to do some digging, finds out it might not be as cut and dry as everyone else maybe thinks. A great mystery. It is enveloping. I could not stop. I just burned through the, the previews. So good. Next, next, next. Um definitely, definitely watch Scrublands. I will put it up there as definitely one of my top two Aussie dramas for 2023. And I might even reopen the TV Binge Box podcast to do a full proper review about it. It is compelling, gut-wrenching, twisty-turny television. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, Scrublands, four episodes, launches on stand on the 16th of November Cannot recommend it highly enough. Really, really chunky, good Aussie drama. That's the TV Black Box, friends. I hope you've enjoyed it. I certainly have. Um, I look forward to chatting with everybody else and talking about a whole bunch of other things that are happening in the Australian TV industry uh, and broad. I mean, the project got cancelled in New Zealand. It's going to finish out at the end of this year. Can the project survive in Australia? Who even knows? Um a whole bunch of other stuff that's happening that we didn't even get a chance to talk about. But this was meant to be short and sharp and it's been anything but. Thank you for joining me. Don't forget, you can get everything that you need from tvblackbox.com.au. There's great articles and exclusives popping up still even at this back end of the year. Um, and a huge thanks to my co-editors, uh, Kevin Perry and Rob McKnight, who help, plus the whole team behind us that help keep TV Blackbox running. We are Mate, running on less than a smell of an oily rag, but it's so great to be a part of it. I miss my friends, Rob, Robbo and Abby. Please join me next week. Friends, please come back next week and join us for even more of TV Black Box where the TV industry get their news. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.